John Brown's body lies a moldering in the grave While weep the sons of bondage whom he ventured all to save But though he sleeps his life was lost while struggling for the slave His soul is marching on Glory, glory, hallelujah Welcome to War of the Rebellion Stories of the Civil War. I am your host, Leon, and this is a reading of the regimental history under the Maltese Cross, Antietam to Appomattox, the Loyal Uprising in Western Pennsylvania. From 1861 to 1865, Campaign's 155th Pennsylvania Regiment, narrated by the rank and file. Welcome to episode 67. We are going to be picking up right where we left off at Sergeant Henry Reams Campbell of Company B by Richard B. Davis, Company B. Sergeant Henry Reams Campbell of Company B, 155th Regiment, Pennsylvania Volunteers, was born in Allegheny City, now Northside, Pittsburgh, June 13, 1839, and was educated in private schools, and by tutors. He was mustered into United States service August 23, 1862, and was with his regiment in its journey from Pittsburgh to Harrisburg, thence to Washington, D.C., and its first encampment at Camp Chase, Virginia. Sergeant Campbell's first long march was with his regiment when, by forced marches, it moved from Camp Chase, Virginia to Antietam, Maryland and subsequently, after the lapse of several weeks, to Falmouth, Virginia. Valiantly performing all his duties, he passed unharmed through all of the terrible battles of Fredericksburg, Chancellorsville, and Gettysburg, Mine Run, and many other engagements, only to be captured and made a prisoner of war, while gallantly doing his duty with his regiment on the firing line in the first day's fighting and the Great Battle of the Wilderness. May 5th, 1864. Whilst rallying against the furious attacks of the enemy in the thick woods, after the largest part of the regiment had fallen back, Sergeant Campbell, together with Privates John Hunter and Jacob Friend of Company E and Harnett E. Meeker of Company H, who were wounded, and others of the regiment, was captured and taken to Andersonville, Georgia. After enduring the horrors and suffering of those confined in that terrible prison pen for eleven months, during which Private Meeker died, July 17, 1864, of wounds and starvation, Sergeant Campbell was, with thousands of other physical wrecks of Union prisoners, exchanged and brought by boat from Savannah to, Annap to Annapolis, Maryland, March 10, 1865. His condition was so pitiable, being so reduced and wasted away with scurvy and want of nutrition, that he survived his exchange and arrival at Annapolis less than ten days, dying March 18, 1865, at the United States Naval Hospital. In connection with Sergeant Campbell's death, a particularly sad incident occurred. His relatives all in opulent circumstances, 
and much attached to Harry, as he was called, resided in the city of Allegheny, where the family were pioneer settlers. They had received no information from any source concerning Harry's intended exchange, or they would have been among the first to greet him on his landing at Annapolis. To a fellow Union prisoner who had been exchanged with him, and whose journey to his home in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where his parents resided, would take him through Pittsburgh. Harry entrusted a letter to be mailed in the latter city to his relatives in Allegheny City. This comrade, through his own physical weakness and bad condition, neglected to deliver the letter on passing through Pittsburgh, but carried it with him to Milwaukee, from which a few days after his arrival home, he mailed the letter to Harry's relatives in Allegheny City. The delay of nearly a week in the delivery of this letter was most regrettable. Harry's brother, Nelson K. Campbell, of Sickles' Excelsior Brigade, happened to be at home on a furlough for wounds received in battle when the delayed letter was received, and at once, with other relatives, departed for Annapolis. They were, however, met on their arrival there, with the distressing information that Harry had been buried just two days before in the cemetery attached to the United States Naval Hospital. His body was brought home, and interned in the family lot in Uniondale Cemetery, Allegheny City. Harry Campbell, having been regimental orderly, a good singer, and musician, and subsequently connected with the Ambulance Corps, became well known in the regiment. His genial disposition, handsome appearance, and obliging manner made him most popular. His capture, sufferings, and death were most sincerely deplored by all of his comrades and friends. Reverend Joseph Matir, D.D. Chaplain, by Colonel John Ewing. Reverend Joseph Matir, D.D., a member of the Presbytery of Clarion, died in New Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, October 1st, 1883, in the 60th year of his age. He was, for 29 years, pastor of churches at Licking, Sligo, and New Bethlehem, Clarion County. He was born near Belfast, Ireland, in 1823, and in his 15th year, he entered college in Belfast. After his graduation in 1842, he taught until May 1851, when he came to the United States and entered the seminary at Princeton, New Jersey, and later came to the seminary at Allegheny, graduating in April 1854. He was united in marriage with Mrs. E.J. Russell, daughter of the late Honorable Benjamin Junkin, while he loved the old land of his nativity. Still, he was ever loyal and true to the land of his adoption. During the fearful Civil War, which threatened the life of our Republic, he was intensely patriotic, and did much not only at home, but also as chaplain of the 155th Regiment Pennsylvania Volunteers, to cheer and nerve and minister to those who fought for the old flag. Not only the churches of his care and love, in a bereaved community, but also many to whom he had ministered in former years, gathered at his funeral 
in the church of Bethlehem. Under the Maltese Cross Corporal George Bradley, Company F George Bradley was born in Pittsburgh, March 6, 1842. He was the son of Charles Bradley, who died in 1848, and the nephew of the late Alexander Bradley, a pioneer stove manufacturer of Pittsburgh. George Bradley enlisted in Company F, 155th Regiment Pennsylvania Volunteers, Captain John Markle, on August 12, 1862. He was promoted to the rank of corporal, and was discharged from the service of the United States February 16, 1863, by reason of a bullet wound in the left thigh, received in the charge of Humphrey's division on Marie's Heights, Fredericksburg, December 13, 1862, rendering him unfit for further military service. Sergeant Samuel Walker, of Company F, who died in Butler, Pennsylvania, July 4, 1896, carried Corporal Bradley off the battlefield. This event hallowed the name of Sergeant Walker ever after in George Bradley's memory. A shell from the enemy's battery penetrated the deserted residence to which Corporal Bradley had been removed from the battlefield for shelter and treatment. On a bitter cold night, the wounded were transported on rough freight cars from Fredericksburg to Aquia Creek Landing, a distance of 20 miles, thence to Washington City by transports. One of the wounded men, tossing in pain, happened to discover a hidden box by throwing his arm across it in the dark. The contents of this mysterious box was the only thing, the wounded declared, they kept them alive through the dreadful ordeal of that night. George Bradley, suffering for his country's sake, put in that dreadful night. The following extracts are from a tribute to the memory of George Bradley by Dr. W. Stockton Wilson, assistant surgeon of the 155th Regiment, Pennsylvania Volunteers. There was a great deal of sameness in camp life, the daily round of the reveille, sit call, guard mount, parade, and retreat was much like ordinary labor, while the fatigue of the march and the carnage and horrors of battle were strenuous enough to fix themselves firmly in the memory of those who were there. I can hear again the rattle of the drum and the scream of the fife of our practiced drum corps as I marched down the line on dress parade. I listen again to the soft cadence of the bugle as the sounds filled the air under the masterly touch of our regimental bugler, George Smith. I see the old regiment at Fredericksburg as it hurried down the ravine and marched across the riverbank to the crossing and slowly crept over the pontoon bridge under the heavy artillery fire. I see the hurried march through the streets of the town to the heights beyond. I hear again the sharp rattle of musketry, and the crashing of shot and shell, as the brave boys are receiving their baptism of blood, while many go down in their first and last fight. Corporal George Bradley was there, and in that baptism of blood fell wounded terribly. His services with the gallant regiment were over, 
he would gladly have remained with his comrade for other battles and other dangers. But it was the fortune of war that he should there fall. He died on November, he died on November 17, 1902, and was buried in the family lot in Allegheny Cemetery on November 20, 1902. Sergeant Thomas J. Marlin by Reverend J. A. Thompson, President, Tarkio College, Missouri. Born at Marlin's Mill, Pennsylvania, November 5, 1843, educated at Glen Run Academy, Dayton, Pennsylvania, enlisted a private in Company K, 155th Pennsylvania Volunteers, on August 7, 1862. The color sergeant of his regiment for two years, a participant in 23 engagements of the Civil War, including Fredericksburg, Chancellorsville, Gettysburg, and the Wilderness, wounded at the Battle of Five Forks, mustered out in 1865. He graduated from Jefferson Medical College, Philadelphia, in 1873, practicing his profession at Shiloka, Indiana County, Pennsylvania, until 1889, and from that time until his death on Saturday, February 18, 1905, at Tarkio, Missouri, such is the record of the public life of Thomas J. Marlin, M.D. The family life began with his marriage to Miss Elizabeth Hutchinson, of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, on September 6, 1862, on the eve of his departure to the front. Five children were born to this husband and wife. The youngest, Ivan H., a bright, promising lad, died four years ago. Alan P., the commercial editor of the St. Joseph News and Press, Reverend Harry H., pastor of the Fourth United Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Miss Jessie, a teacher in the Tarkio Public Schools, and Miss Grace, professor, elocution, and oratory in Tarkio College, mourn with their mother. Dr. Marlin was a public-spirited man. He had high ideals of citizenship. His enlistment and young manhood for the service of his country was characteristic of the man. His family cherish, as a precious memento, a letter such as is rarely written by a major general to a color sergeant. This letter is dated June 8, 1865, and is signed by Brevet Major General A.L. Pearson, his old colonel, well known to every Pittsburgher. It contains this sentence. Quote, when I gave the old flag into your hands, I felt that it was in the keeping of a man who would never let a stain come upon its pure surface. Your subsequent conduct proved that I was right. Unquote. Dr. Marlin was a man of fine literary tastes and abilities. His practice did not permit him to indulge these so largely as he would have liked to do. Many years after the close of the war, while Dr. Marlin was practicing medicine in Tarkio, Missouri, his thoughts reverting to Civil War scenes, he wrote the following beautiful lines, dedicating them to a comrade in Pittsburgh. The Charge of Pickett's Men Thrust in between that day and this, 
the years their course have run, and loftly deeds each other kiss, each day beneath the sun, and north and south at cannon's mouth, their nightly spurs have won, the guns long since their clamor stilled, and foes their flags have furled, the glory of their deeds have filled, and girdled all the world, nor trampled grain, nor crimson stain, when gods their tempest hurled. But yet remains to me that day, imperial neath the sky, when Pickett led his men in gray to set their flag on high. Men turn to dust, as I they must. But deeds can never die. Three hundred guns made wide their path, to glory and the grave. Half veiled within their smoke and wrath, I see the banners wave, as if through mist the sun had kissed, brave men and blessing gave. October 19th, 1903 Color Sergeant Thomas Wiseman by Alexander Dempster Sergeant Thomas Weissman was born in Wilkins Township, Allegheny County, Pennsylvania, in 1834. An only child, he was left to the care of two maiden aunts, who adopted him as their own, and shed the sunshine of maternal love around his infant years, and mantled his boyhood days with warm and generous affection, as they taught him the principles of manliness and virtue. It is said that as a schoolboy, he early developed a military spirit, and would train his fellows in martial array under the impulse of the swelling of the heart. That is the evolution of young American enthusiasm. As he grew to manhood, his military tastes developed, and he joined the Turtle Creek Guards, the military company and was the captain of the band before the outbreak of the war. The company, as in organization, would not secure satisfactory attachment to a regiment at the beginning of the war, and disbanded, leaving the individual members free to follow their inclinations, and make individual choice of company and regimental organizations. Thomas Weissman, with four friends, Marion Hartley, Joseph Bowers, Wilkins and William B. Linhart, enlisted in Company C of the 155th Regiment of Pennsylvania Volunteers, and was made a sergeant of that company when it was mustered into the United States Service, August 23, 1862. He was selected color sergeant of the regiment, and as such, the guardian and custodian of the colors, and so made responsible for the honor of the flag to which all eyes were turned, when the front of battle lowered. He fell fatally wounded on the awful field of Marie's Heights. Fredericksburg and its shattered staff fell from his nerveless grasp, to be caught up by the hands of color guard Lawson, equally brave and noble, and borne through all the subsequent battles in which the regiment was engaged. It proudly waved, and the tattered shreds as the ensign of honor 
when the boys returned from the war, and has its place in the Hall of Flags of the State of Pennsylvania, the sight of which ever evokes the sigh of patriotic devotion. To a ministering friend who found Thomas Weissman in the Fifth Corps Hospital on the day after the battle, he seemed calm and collected, and although horribly wounded, his tongue having been shot away, he faced his end, and a truly brave man does, and bade a wordless farewell to his comrades and friends as he was removed to a Washington City hospital, where he died on the 9th of December, 1862. A hero of the noblest type, a soldier brave, a comrade true, exponent of the noble hearts that throbbed with courage through and through. All right. Now, I really enjoy getting to read these stories about these great soldiers and their brave deeds. However, out of everything that we just read, the only thing that I can think of its driving me nuts. What was in the box on the train? Right? They said it saved their lives. Well, some of them anyway. But was it booze or medicine? Was it empty? Did it have food in it? Why don't they tell us? Why leave the most important part of the story out? I just want to know. Oh, well, anyway. Also, on YouTube, I published a lo-fi song uh, dedicated to a friend of mine. Go check it out. All right, but I'm actually going to wrap it up right there. I know it's a shorter episode than normal, but I just... I've got things to do. <laughs> so, my friends, thank you very much for stopping by. I will catch you in the next episode. There will be no streaming this Saturday. Um, as much as I would love to sit and play video games with my friends, I <laughs> I have to go be with my beloved um, far away on a beautiful island. And that is much more preferable. So, with that, everyone... Have a great one. I'll see you in the next episode. And bye bye. Old John Brown's body lies a moldering in the grave, while weep the sons of bondage whom he ventured all to save. But though he sleeps, his life was lost while struggling for the slave. His soul is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Hallelujah, or his soul is marching on. John Brown was a hero, undaunted, true, and brave. And Kansas knew his valor when he fought her rights to save. And now, though the grass grows green above his grave, his soul is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah.
Themselves a traitorous crew, but a soul is marching on. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. For a soul is marching on. John the Baptist of the Christ we are to see Christ who of the bondman shall the liberator be And soon throughout the sunny south the slaves shall all be free For a soul is marching on Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah soul is marching on The conflict that he heralded He looked from heaven to view On the army of the Union With its flag red, white, and blue And heaven shall sing with anthems Or the deed they mean to do For a soul is marching on Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah Glory, glory, hallelujah For a soul is marching on of freedom then strike while strike ye may the death blow of oppression in a better time and way the dawn of old John Brown has brightened in the day and his soul is marching on 